0: And welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. I am your host, Derek, and today, as always on a Saturday, well, except for last Saturday, of course, which we missed, I'm sorry about that, but uh, on Saturdays, we do have our State of Decay episodes, so we have another State of Decay episode today. And for anyone that didn't hear the episode on Wednesday, I do want to apologize once again for missing the episode last Saturday. Basically, what happened is I was doing Undead Trials 2, and... That just took a lot out of me. I got um really busy with that. And because of that, I didn't have time to record an episode for last weekend. So I kind of tried to make up for it this week by taking the Wednesday episode I do. And I had that all about Undead Trials. So basically, that was a recap show. It was a two-hour recap show with our champion, Fall Down, Go Boom. And we had a two-hour show about that. So hopefully, you check that out and you know hear more about what Undead Trials 2 was. And uh really enjoy that episode. But again, I do apologize about missing last Saturday. And in the future, I what I'm gonna do uh, for future Undead Trials is I'm gonna try and record my episode for that week beforehand. That way, I can just release it on that Saturday because I didn't realize it at the time. But it's way too hard for me to actually record and edit an episode during Undead Trials because that takes so much work to put that on. So, so in the future, um, don't worry. I don't plan to have that happen again. Basically, for Undead Trials 3, what the plan is, is that the week before Undead Trials 3, I will record an extra episode. I'll just release the episode on Undead Trials 3 Saturday. So, that's kind of the plan. But that being said, this will be the last podcast you hear from the Blaze Experience until next Saturday. We are going to have a new one next Saturday. And I'm taking the extra Wednesday off for the holidays. So, I'm going to spend some time with my family a little bit. And then next weekend, I'm actually going back to New York to see family. So. I will be gone next weekend, but you will have an episode before I actually leave town. So I will get that out for everyone. The next stream, however, um, I'm not sure when that's going to be. I I tend to not stream as much unless there's an event going on, just because I get so busy actually planning for the next event and doing the podcast, everything like that. So honestly, uh, the next stream is to be determined. It might not happen until the new year officially. Uh, I think the best chance that could happen is I might do a stream on Monday the 31st, but I'm honestly not sure because it's basically going to be Monday the 24th or Monday the 31st are the best chances I'll have to do it, but I might just end up spending time with family instead. So, uh, stay tuned. You know, I, I might do a stream those days. If not, then in the new year, I will definitely do a stream, um... So, if that doesn't happen, the next stream will probably happen on January 5th. So, like, two weeks from now. But Stay tuned, and I will uh, get that information up when I know myself. Now, there is a new stream time and date for Undead Labs. So, beginning Tuesday, January 8th, their streams will now be on Tuesdays at 2pm Pacific and 5pm Eastern Time. And basically, they had to change this around because... Some schedules changed around to Undead Labs, so they had to change the date. So there's going to be no stream for Undead Labs until Tuesday, January 8th at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern. And then from then on, it'll be Tuesdays at the same time. So definitely don't forget that. I will try to remind everyone um before that actually comes up one more time. And then I do also want to thank Undead Labs. Um, One thing they did, which is very generous and very nice of them, they sent a pin and a signed postcard to me in the mail for helping with Extra Life. So I really appreciate that. So thank you, everyone at Undead Last for sending that. Uh, it was a great gesture, and I really appreciate that. And I wanted to, you know, thank you guys on the podcast. So thank you very much. It was a lot of fun to help with Extra Life, and I hope to do it again next year, too. And also, in addition to that, I just wanted to thank you guys in general for being an amazing studio. And you all worked so hard to keep the game updated, to keep it fresh and just keep having more content coming to the fans. So I really appreciate that, and I hope you all have a great holiday. Uh, I will have more shows before the end of the year, so I will wish you holidays again at the end of the year, but this will be the last episode before Christmas, technically. So anyone at Undead Labs that does celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a great Christmas, and anyone that doesn't, I hope you have a great holiday season, whatever you celebrate. And then last but not least, I do want to thank you all for the unexpected patch 6.0 right before the holidays. I did not see this coming at all. This is a big surprise, and I think it was a big surprise for a lot of the community. I didn't think there's anything else coming out until the new year, especially when Zed Hunter just released as well. So definitely appreciate this patch. It is a great patch. And that is what today's episode is going to be about. We're going to talk about patch 6.0. We're going to talk about the whole patch. and we're going to kind of go over that. So inside this patch, there's actually a holiday present as well. So we'll get to that in just a second. But basically for this patch, they have a lot of updates, a lot of fixes. Uh, They have some highlights in there that they picked out themselves. But as always in the Blaze Experience, we're going to go through the whole patch and we're going to talk about everything in it. So, uh, you know, just stay tuned. It's a pretty big patch, but we'll go through the whole patch and talk about some of the uh, finer points of the patch and some interesting things about it. So at the top of their patch notes, they did talk about the holiday gift that they gave everyone. So I'm going to read it verbatim off of that. And this is kind of what they have in their patch notes. So I'll read that and then I'll give some of my takes on it. So it says here, the apocalypse keeps getting better. As the year draws to a close and the nights get longer and colder, at least on our side of the globe, it's common to exchange gifts, Which means that everybody gets a wizard band." After updating the game with a new patch, use your radio menu to call in delivery, and moments later you'll be riding in style. It's okay if you didn't get us anything. We know we're hard to shop for. But the fun doesn't stop there. This update also features plenty of improvements to the experience of playing State of Decay 2. Including several fan-favorite suggestions, we've highlighted the most exciting items in each category, but we recommend reading the whole list to see all the changes. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you in 2019. Until then, keep playing State k 2. So this was really huge and unexpected. They gave us a wizard van, and this van is really cool. It's basically the same thing functionality-wise as your normal vans. so like your normal cargo van. It's basically the same thing functionality-wise as that. You know, it's got two doors, uh, the same eight trunk slots. But the cool thing about it is it has this really awesome wizard paint job to it. And it's basically got a wizard on it. It's got a dragon on there. So it's really like a uh, homage to, you know, your classical fantasy tropes. And I really enjoy this van. And if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely go do that update and go check it out. Because it's an amazing van and it's really fun to drive around. One of the cool things as well that I don't know if Undead Labs really thought about when they're designing it. But the van is purple and... Based on the color of the van, when you hit zombies with it and, you know, the blood splatter gets in the van, the blood splatter looks really good against that van. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, basically, the blood splatter on this van looks better than it does in anything else. Because the blood splatter really shows up well against that purple. So, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it looks really good. So, you know, take this van, go hit some zombies, and see what I'm talking about. Because this blood splatter looks awesome but that was their gift to us, which we really appreciate that. And now we'll kind of get into some of the other patch notes. So they have a section listed as highlights here. And I'll read through some of those. There's a lot of great highlights to this patch. We made several balance changes to the Daybreak rewards. Clio guns are better. Clio ammo can be crafted. And the Red talent contractors are cheaper, though a bit more unruly. So basically, the Clio guns, they reduced the weight of a lot of those, which is really helpful. It talks about this a little bit more later in the patch, too, so I won't spend a ton of time on it here, but basically the guns, they weigh less, so it's a lot more viable to use the guns now. The Clio ammo, you can actually craft it using your uh, Red Talon crafting station, and you can use uh, the Clio relay facility to call in huge drops of Clio ammo now, which is awesome. It's basically eight sacks of Clio ammo, and the Red Talon contractors, they only cost twenty-seven fifty per siege now, but... They do have some more negative effects to them as well, which we'll get into a little bit later, but uh, it's not too negative to them, but it does um, give a little bit more balance to things. We added some new facility actions. You can craft ammo, meds, and food, and you can teleport gas cans and repair kits straight into parked vehicles. And this is all really cool too, because now you can actually craft ammo, meds, and food instead of having to go find the rucksacks, so... That is a really unique feature that I wasn't really expecting to ever get in the game. So now you can use things like ethanol, you can use seeds, you can use parts, different items like that, and combine them to actually make ammo, meds, and food, which is very interesting to me. And teleporting gas cans or repair kits straight into parked vehicles, that is really handy as well. So uh, I haven't officially tried that one out yet, but I definitely look forward to trying that one out. And they did try it out on stream on Wednesday. So if you missed it, uh, go check out the stream on Wednesday. But. That is very handy and something I'm looking forward to trying out. We amped up the benefits of Allied enclaves and added the option to dismiss Traitor enclaves when you're trying to summon a new one and there isn't any room for them. So this is really good because a lot of the Allied enclaves, there wasn't really a lot of benefit to keeping them as allies. And they just keep asking for more stuff and you weren't really getting a lot out of them. So now that they actually have some added benefits to that. That's nice. And I haven't checked out a lot of these benefits yet, but I'm looking forward to checking those out. But the option to dismiss the trader enclaves that's really interesting too, because if you get a trader enclave that doesn't really have anything that you want, you can actually get rid of them and uh, try to summon a new one. So that is really handy because you can actually get one that you do want instead of one that you don't. We added the ability to use simple consumables while in a vehicle. This is huge. It doesn't really sound that huge, but Now when you're driving, you can use a bandage, you can use a stamina item, and actually heal yourself while you're driving. So you don't have to waste time, you know, healing up and then getting the car or driving somewhere and then healing up when you get there. Now you can just, you know, heal up while you're driving and then go attack something immediately after. So that is really handy and something I'm looking forward to. I did actually um, see a lot of the icons as well because basically you can only do this for some consumables. The ones you can do it for, it'll be still showing in your map. It'll still show on the UI, but the ones you can't, it'll have like a red X over it, basically. So while you're driving, for example, it'll have a red X on the items that you can't use because you're driving. So like you can't use uh, pipe bombs, for example, but the ones you can use, it won't be X'd out. So that kind of tells you which ones can and can't be used. We bumped up size of zombie hordes late in the game, and this is definitely a welcome change because you know, zombie hordes being bigger, that's something we would all want. So it's definitely an added change there. And I can't wait for the difficulty update to hopefully make this even more difficult. So, but, you know, adding more zombies in the hordes, uh, that's awesome because I have some communities that are late in the game, which a lot of us do. And that is definitely nice to have that. So thank you, Undead Loves. So now we have a section labeled Daybreak Mode and Content. And in this, Clio guns have been rebalanced to make them more valuable in the base game. All Clio guns are 20-40% to 40% lighter. All Clio guns except action rifles are 15-25% to 25% more durable. That's because they can't be any more durable than they already are because they don't break or jam. All Clio guns except pistols are about 20-30% to 30% faster reload. The pistols were already quick uh, in the reload section. So basically these guns were just balanced to make them more usable. And that's kind of what one of the highlights was before. And... This is nice because ever since I got back in the base game after Daybreak, I haven't really used a lot of the Clio guns. And part of the issue with that was I couldn't get ammo as fast. You can only call it a trader and get two sacks of ammo at a time. So it's like, well, I can't really get a lot of ammo for this. So I guess um, I won't, you know, use a lot of the ammo. And the other thing was the guns were really heavy. So it is nice that the guns are a little bit um, lighter now that you can actually use them a lot more. And then it says here, Clio Ammo is now much easier to acquire in large amounts, though it still always costs prestige. So the Red, cra- red Talon Crafting Station allows you to manufacture Clio Ammo at will, spending prestige, circuitry, and ammo from your resource stockpile. This is really nice, actually, because even though it still costs prestige, you can actually use some prestige, circuitry, and ammo to make this Clio Ammo, because now it offers you another option to actually get that ammo, and I do appreciate that. I probably wouldn't do it too often because I wouldn't want to use up my circuitry storages because circuitry is a little bit harder to find in the game. I know it's not, you know, the hardest thing in the world to find, but it's um a little bit less common than some things. So I wouldn't want to use all my circuitry up, but it's nice that I have that option. Now. And then the Clio Relay, this now offers a Clio Drop alternative that delivers eight stacks of Clio ammo. And that's really cool, actually, because you can just basically get a whole drop of ammo. And that is something I would definitely do with that relay. We work with members of the community to rebalance red talent contractors so that they are now no longer 100% overpowered. Now they're more like 85% overpowered. And Jeffrey talked about in the stream how he has a tendency to overpower things too much. While uh, Brian Giami, who is the designer that works a lot on the facilities for the game. He has a tendency to underpower things. So he talked about kind of the differences between um them doing that. And basically, uh, Jeffrey was saying in the stream that it, it's a lot more difficult to take something overpower and make it less powerful. But they did find a good way here, I think. I think this is a good way that they did this. So basically, what they did is existing Red talent contractors now have the potential to run wild and waste resources if their morale is low. Existing Red talent contractors are now irritable towards others which makes them more likely to start fights when their morale is middling to low. However, we change the threshold that causes irritable characters to fight so that fights happen less often across the board. Newly recruited red talent contractors now come with minor downsides tied to their fifth skill. Hackers snack more than other people. Logistics experts use up extra bed space for storage, etc. Red talent acknowledges that attrition has made their pool of recruits shallower so they now only charge twenty-seven fifty prestige for their contractors, which is down from the thirty-two fifty before. In summary, if you keep your morale high, your current red talent contractors should be just as awesome as they've always been, but it's more important now to keep maintaining that morale. New contractors now have minor drawbacks, but they also cost less. So yeah, kind of like that summary says, basically what's happening now is your existing red talent contractors, they might uh, start fights more, They might waste some more resources if your morale is low, so it puts more of an emphasis on keeping that morale high, and basically, if your morale is high, then that's not going to happen. The new ones you recruit, so the brand new ones that you haven't already recruited, they now have some more negatives to them because they weren't already something that was kind of grandfathered into the game, so they will have some more negative effects to them, which I haven't recruited once since the updates. I'm kind of curious to recruit a new one and uh, test some of these negative effects out. But they might take up more beds or things like that that make the game a little bit more challenging if you want to use these red talent people. So that is definitely interesting. And It also says here, we now refund the full prestige value when you reject a red talent recruit. This removes the old insets to exploit the system by restarting the game and it's just nicer. Thanks for playing Daybreak. So that's awesome. So you get the full amount back when you uh, refund it. Ferals should no longer occasionally enter a T-pose when moving through the environment. And they talked about how this is like one of the starting positions that a model starts at before it gets the animations. And I guess some Ferals were still standing up in like a T-pose, not really doing anything. So that is nice that this not going to happen anymore. Hostile NPCs should now properly trigger the detonation of deployable minefields they stumble into. So now you can use those deployable minefields against hostile humans, which is nice. Followers should now properly follow the player when in the vicinity of a deployed minefield. That is really handy, too, because you don't want your follower going a different path than you went in. You carefully go through the path that's not going to set up mines, and then suddenly your follower just sets up a mine. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I just showed you how to get through this minefield, and then you set up a mine anyway. So it's nice that they actually have that AI set to follow you directly now, which is nice. We improve performance and reliability of VO playback during various moments of the game. Uh, so I haven't really lo- noticed a lot of issues with that. But I believe they're talking about the voiceover of the NPCs and things when they talk to you. So that is nice that the voiceover of the NPCs will be um, more reliable now. Personally, I didn't notice any issues. But um, obviously, someone had issues with it. So it's nice that you know whoever that, those people were that had issues with it, that, that'll be fixed for them now. Next, we have gameplay changes. Many simple consumables can now be used while in a vehicle. This includes bandages, painkillers, and other consumables that don't involve throwing, placing, or playing a complex animation. Consumables that cannot be used within a vehicle are now shown as unavailable in the HUD while you're inside a vehicle. So, this is kind of what I mentioned earlier. Basically, if it's a consumable that is like a medical item or something that is consumable to apply to your character directly, then that can be used in the vehicle now. One thing I'd be curious about is if you can use play Cure in the vehicle. So I'm not sure about that one yet, but I'd be curious if you can use play Cure in the vehicle. But things that can't be used are things that won't be shown as available in your HUD. So it'll be um placed like placed decoys, it'll be throwable decoys, uh, throwable explosives, things like that can't be used while you're in a car. Allied enclaves now offer a greater variety of more powerful enclave benefits to make the time spent befriending and supporting them worthwhile. Well. So basically these Allied Enclaves, they're gonna be a little bit more powerful. That way it actually is worth it to, you know, take care of them, worth it to actually help them out and things like that. Because in the past it wasn't that worth it to help them out. So a lot of times people would just leave let them leave their maps. That's what I did a lot of times is I didn't really bother helping a lot of them anymore because I'm like, eh, whatever. You're not you're not really doing a lot for me, so I'm just going to let you lead the map and I'll do my thing. So it's nice that they have some better um, benefits to you now. Late in the game, zombie hordes can now be up to three times as large as before. It says you asked for it here. And that is awesome because we did ask for this. We did want some bigger zombie hordes, so... Uh, I'm glad that you know. Late in the game, it's going to be bigger hordes. We'll have to take care of those and take those on. So I'm excited for that. When summoning a trader over the radio, you will sometimes have the option to dismiss an existing trader to make room for them, if that's what it takes to get them into the map. So basically, if you summon a trader, but there's no room for him in your map, you can actually dismiss other traders to make room for this trader to come up. So that is nice that they actually have that there because. If you want a particular traitor in there, but somebody else is blocking it, it's nice that you can unblock that, basically. Range weapons no longer jitter in your hands as you aim left and right. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't really experience that personally, but um, I'd be curious to see what that used to look like. But apparently it's now fixed, so I guess I'll never know. A new option in the gameplay section of the settings menu allows you to ensure that no weird zombies such as clowns, cone heads, and war reenactors appear in your game. So that is actually interesting because I know some people were complaining that um the 4th of July zombies and things like that were still in the game when they didn't want them to be. That's actually interesting that you can basically force those to not be in your game anymore. I don't even know how they would have began to make that in the game. But <laughs> now apparently there's an option in your settings menu where you can just disallow all those. So that's interesting, actually. Personally, I won't be clicking that because I like to see the variety, but Uh, anyone that doesn't want that variety, you know, there you go. There's an option for you. We fixed a bug related to rapidly placing explosives that could result in premature detonation and character death. Sounds painful, which I know we had some problems with this in Daybreak, uh, way back when as well. So it's nice that they fixed some of those issues because some people like to explode a lot of things. And if you want to, you know, just lay a bunch of explosives down and set them off then you should be able to have that fun. So it's nice that it's not going to cause character death. We increase the size of safe zones created by clearing large sites to more accurately encompass their area. This is actually interesting because basically it sounds like to me is that if you make a safe zone that's a bigger area, then it will actually be a safe zone for the bigger area. So I haven't tried this out yet, but I'm what I'm thinking of in my mind is outposts. If you clear like a very large outpost, then I'm assuming that outpost that you cleared should be a bigger safe zone as an outpost. It shouldn't just be, you know, the regular little circle. Like, say you cleared the fire station and made the fire station your outpost. That should be a much bigger area of the safe zone. So, that's what I'm hoping it means, and I'll have to try that out soon. Survivor traits that reduce the number of required beds should be accurately counted by morale system. So, I guess some traits weren't uh, accurately counting how many beds you needed. And I think I didn't this once, and I heard somebody else count it too. So, it's nice that they fixed this now. We fixed an exploit that prevented hostile enclaves from defending their base when mines were planted in the area. And that can be annoying. I mean, because if you place some mines down, you still want the people to defend their base. Like, you still want an actual fight on your hands. So, apparently, some hostile enclaves weren't even defending their base anymore. So, that kind of takes the fun out of it. So, I'm glad they fixed that. We solved a rare crash that could result when destroying a plague car when ignited by bloater gas. So, that's good. I never really thought to destroy one. by igniting with bloater gas, but that's kind of a cool idea for me to try now. So um thank you whoever tried that and crashed your game. Thank you for actually trying that because I never even had that idea. So that's a cool idea to try. Zombies should now show up more often inside buildings while you're exploring. And that's actually an interesting challenge because now if you're exploring, um according to this, you're gonna see more zombies in your area. So basically, you know, you're never gonna be safe because a lot of times when you walk into a building or something, you would clear out like the two zombies that were in there. Once those two zombies are dead, you were safe to explore as long as you wanted to and never see a zombie again. So now apparently, in addition to clearing out those first couple of zombies, I guess other zombies might show up as well. So that's kind of cool. But this one is really handy. And this next one is actually something that I'm very happy about. And it's kind of um, one of the unsung heroes of this patch, I think. It says, on the other hand, random zombies should now not show up inside an infestation that you've just cleared and that is really huge because it was very frustrating for me at times when I go clear an infestation and then it would say there's another zombie I'm like what do you mean there's another zombie I already cleared the infestation and then like one of a new zombie showed up somewhere else and I had to kill that zombie or even I clear the infestation I go somewhere else to clear another infestation then I realize hey, wait, that infestation I just cleared. There's another zombie there. So now I have to go kill that zombie to clear the infestation again. So it's nice that that's not going to happen now because if you clear the infestation, it should stay clear for at least a little while. That way you don't have to clear it again. Any attempt to pick up stackable items from the ground now tries to pick up all items in the stack. So that is uh, something that probably should have happened. So I'm glad it's happening now because usually you want every item in the stack. You wouldn't just want, oh, I want to pick up one, but I want to pick another one. So it just makes things faster for the players. So I do appreciate that. Facilities. You can now produce ammo, meds, and food at your base with the right facility and ingredients. So meds can be produced from infirmary, from parts, chemicals, and ethanol. Ammo can be produced in any workshop or armory out of parts and chemicals. And food can be produced in a kitchen by spending seeds and ethanol. Yum. So this is really nice that you can actually produce these resources for your community now. Because in the past, you know, you'd have to go find more rucksacks. So now if you have extra supplies lying around, you can actually use those extra supplies to make more items for your community. And this one's really cool as well, which I'm excited to try out. I haven't unfortunately tried this one out yet, but you can now use your parking facilities to move gas cans and toolkits directly from your community's inventory into parked vehicles. So one of the cool things about this is that the parking facilities, I mean, they weren't really that useful in the past. It's basically, all you do with the parking facility is you would go there to upgrade your vehicles, and that's it. So now at least you can actually get some gas cans and toolkits directly into your parked vehicle. And that is really handy because it kind of saves that step for the player. Because if you forget a gas can, it's like, oh, shoot, I forgot a gas can. I have to go run back inside the base, go to the locker, get a gas can, go back to the car. Now you can use the parking facility, just transport it right to the back of your truck, and there you go. So that is really nice, actually. The Infirmary now uses characters' nicknames instead of their full games, making it consistent with the rest of the game. So I guess uh, the infirmaries were using the character's full name instead of their nickname. So it's kind of hard to tell what character was in the beds. So it's nice that they actually have that fixed. So it's going to be consistent with what the rest of the game is doing now. Next, we have the missions section. Missions that involve searching dead bodies or killing zombified humans. Now pinpoint the corpse icons within the minimap rather than requiring you to hunt for them near a marked location. And this is actually something I experienced because I have one of those new mysterious broadcast missions and I had to find a dead body but that dead body was somewhere in the midst of you know dozens of corpses like I probably killed you know between 10 and 20 zombies so I had to search for what which dead zombie is the corpse I need and that was kind of frustrating so now that this is fixed then it basically should show the corpse that I actually need to search so that makes it a little bit easier we resolved an exploit that let players cancel, threatening to leave missions by quitting and restarting the game, so that's good that that's fixed now because you don't want people exploiting that by leaving. We fixed a potential case where some NPCs in an enclave would not be visible during an invective to kill them all. Um I didn't really experience this, but that could definitely be a huge issue because if you're trying to kill all the nPCs, then you can't find one, then what are you supposed to do? I mean basically, you have to you know go away from that building show back up at the building. and hope the NPC shows up, but it can be really frustrating, so I'm glad that they fixed that. Next, we have some graphics changes. We tightened up the graphics to achieve higher and more consistent resolution and frame rate on the Xbox One. We improved the camera transition when moving in to or out of crouch while zoomed in. We reworked our anti-aliasing system to reduce ghost outlines and blur artifacts when rotating the camera, and lens flare effects are now smoother and crisper. And I'll be honest, um, I don't exactly know what a lot of this means because I'm not someone that um, deals with graphics in great detail like that. But uh, it does sound like it's all stuff that is going to make the game run crisper and have a better resolution on the Xbox One, like it says. So um, the only one I know for sure is basically the one with the camera transition. I guess when you're moving into or out of crouching. The camera was still a little bit wonky and they did show that on stream where it actually fixed that now. So that's the only one I understand um, to a great degree. Some of the other ones I don't like the anti-aliasing system. I'm not really sure what that is. But um, for those of you out there that understand that, you know, I'm glad it's fixed for you. (laughs) So I'm just not someone that knows like all these um, high tech graphical terms at the moment. Next, we have some multiplayer changes. The multiplayer section of the settings menu now has an option for voice chat and is generally awesomer. Most notably, we've added a push-to-talk option and left the unbound for players to assign as they wish. On a controller, we recommend the D left emotes if you want to swap out something that doesn't directly impact gameplay. So basically, on a controller, they're saying that the push-to-talk option you could use is um, getting rid of the e- emote option. When a player speaks over in-game chat, they're Player indicator pulses to indicate which character is talk when a character is tethered to a host who is driving in a vehicle, they now land in a passenger seat in that vehicle rather than being dumped on the side of the road like garbage. And this is another unsung hero with this patch. Um this is really huge because it is kinda funny, you know, when you get tethered by somebody, basically you just get tethered, you know, into a random spot on the ground the host keeps driving, it's like, oh man, they just tethered me and I'll keep driving. So it it is nice that, you know, now that if this happens, then you will land in the passenger seat of the host vehicle. The only issue I see with that for me personally is with the undead trials events we run, this might um make things a little bit more difficult to us because now if, you know, someone gets tethered, then it's not really a penalty of getting tethered as much because it's going to transport them right to the host vehicle, but Obviously, Undead Labs can't be worried about that. That's something for, you know, myself and the organizers to worry about. We'll have to figure out a fair way to handle that. So, but overall, it's good though, because I mean, in regular gameplay, this is something you want. Just in a tournament setting, it's going to be um, a bit of a challenge for us to look at it and see how we can kind of work around it. We fixed a rare case where hosts would think a client's character died if they sustained many injuries, healed, and then sustained more injuries. This is something that. I think I saw a couple multiplayer games where the host thought somebody died, and I'm like, no, nah, no one died. What do you mean? No one died. So uh, that that's probably what happened, I guess. We fixed a rare crash bug that could occur when an Xbox client joined a UWP host just as the host is completing the search of a building. So that's good because you don't want crashes when people are joining the game. You can no longer make progress toward the Citizen Z achievement by using the stuck radio command or by choosing and then canceling the volunteer or call for help commands. So the Citizen Z achievement, if I remember right, this is the achievement that you have to either volunteer to help somebody or call for help on your radio. And I think basically what it's saying here is that people were volunteering or calling for help on the radio, but then they would cancel that command. So they didn't actually do it, and they got credit for the achievement. So now you have to actually do that action at least one time to get credit for the achievement. Either that or the Citizen Z one, it might have been um, where you had to do like 15 radio calls. And basically, um, now, I think that's more of what's like the ad. It's probably the one where you have to do like 15 radio calls. And now those aren't going to count towards that number now. And then the last section we have is interface. We reworked the use of icons in the HUD and the character panel. So now the icons that pop up next to health, stamina, and infection meters can be followed all the way to the deepest menu to find out what they mean. So it sounds like they just made things easier to understand for players, which is nice. The show HUD and show notifications option in the settings menu now consistently turn on and off in their respective UI elements. We clarify the visual language of the infection meter to make it clear that you're progressing from minor infection towards full-blown blood plague. And this is something that's very cool because now if you get partial blood plague, it'll actually show like a basically red indicator at the end of that meter. That kind of shows you you're progressing towards this. This is bad. You're progressing towards this. Don't progress anymore towards this. But one of the things that's not clearly stated in the patch notes that I figured out is in your community screen, when you look at your community screen with all the people there, there's actually an icon above their head now. So basically, say I have a community member named George, right? So I have George here in my community. If George has partial blood plague now, then above George's head, there will be a little uh, icon there to indicate he has partial blood plague. And that is really cool, actually, because then you can know ahead of time when you're choosing a community member. Okay. This person has a little bit of blood plague. This person has a little bit of blood plague. This one doesn't have any blood plague. Maybe I'll choose them next. So it's actually nice to know, you know, in your community screen, which ones have partial blood plague and which ones don't. And then on PC, the game will now recognize any plugged in controller as belonging to the player rather than specifically requiring the designated player one controller. This is something that Jeffrey explained better on stream. But I guess if you're using a controller on PC, then it will now... um react properly to what controller you have. I think that's what he was saying in there. So, um, but if you want to watch the Undead Lab stream, you can find out a little bit more about that because Jeffrey explained it better. And then last but not least, they said happy holidays from all of us at Undead Labs. So so I do want to wish you all happy holidays as well, Undead Labs. You know, all of you do great work there and I really appreciate all the work you do. So thank you very much for all the hard work you do. But that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, I knew it was going to be a... Tad shorter in the sense that it wasn't going to fill up like a full hour. But it was also big enough that I could do a whole episode on it. So I thought it would be a good um, holiday patch episode. And I do have something in mind for next episode. Because next Saturday will officially be the last the K podcast of the year. So I do have something in mind for that. Hopefully I can get it worked out. Because uh, if I can't get it worked out, it might just be a regular Old episode, but I'm trying not to have it be a regular old episode, so hopefully it can be something different. So stay tuned for that, but that will be our next episode next Saturday, and I can't wait for that. So tune in one week from today for our next State of Decay episode. Like I said, I'm going to try to make it something special. I can't promise, though, but it'll be our last podcast of the year, so uh, I'm crossing my fingers I can make it something a little bit different, but we'll see. The next stream again, that's going to be determined later. It might not be till the new year. Um, There's a chance that on the 24th or the 31st, so basically uh, next Monday or the Monday after that, I might be able to do a stream, but uh, I might also be spending time with family instead. So you might not see me on stream again until like the 5th of January. So just stay tuned. I will try to get another stream in, uh, but I don't stream as often when there's not a State of Decay event going on. And I do want to thank Undead Labs again for... The pin and sign poke card they gave me for helping out with extra life. It was a lot of fun to help with that. And I really appreciate those items. So thank you very much for the gesture. It was a really kind gesture. And I really appreciate that. And of course, you know, thank you for this awesome holiday gift of this wizard van that you gave everyone. That's awesome as well. And I really appreciate this patch too. I mean, I wasn't expecting patch 6.0 to come. So it was something nice that was unexpected. And I'm really thankful for it. But beyond that i'm just thankful that undead labs is such an amazing studio and they work so hard to produce content for their fans and just make the game better in general so thank you for all your hard work and i look forward to you know seeing you all the new year but for you the listeners if you want to contact me you can contact me via email theblazexperience at gmail.com you can contact me via twitter or xbox live That's Blaze Experience, capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C, and that's on Twitter or Xbox Live. You can find me on YouTube, The Blaze Experience. You can find our Facebook group, which will also be the show notes. And if you want to find the podcast, you can also find it on YouTube and Facebook, because we are on there as well, so the videos will be posted on there. If you want to find it in a more traditional audio format, then you can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Blueberry, Podbean, Stitcher, and many other places. So definitely check out all those places. Pretty much any podcast directory, it'll be there. There's a couple we're not in yet, but I'm going to try to get us in those ones. But I really appreciate everyone listening, and I can't wait for next week to have our last podcast of the year. So thank you, everyone. I hope all of you the listeners have a happy holidays and I hope you really have a great holiday season, and I will see you all a week from tonight. So thank you very much, everyone, and I appreciate you listening to The Blaze Experience.